the person's asleep next to you, give them a nudge and make sure, you know. <laughs> so. And I walk alone. I walk alone. The fact is, it's where some of you are today. Now, the dreams have been broken. And for some of you, you're facing things you never thought you would face. You're dealing with uh, situations that are maybe beyond your control. Maybe reeling and, and confused. Some of you today, you may be wondering, you know, why me, God? Why me? And I, I think when you're facing the, those trying times in, in life, that it, it's very easy to just isolate yourself, you know, to take, take a step in and just get away from everyone. You know, it's uh, perhaps we're trying to insulate ourselves, uh, protect ourselves, you might say. And so we walk alone. You know, it's, it's solitary confinement. It's a prison that we live in. And the fact is, it's a prison that you can't get out of. You know, we've been in this series, we've been looking at some of the cages that imprison us, some of the chains that, that hold us captive in life. And we have said each week that Jesus Christ came to set us free from this cage. That we can face whatever it is we, we need to face. And I, I think what goes on, I mean, this is just a mental game that, that we play, but when life is challenging and we're, we're trying to deal with things, that no matter where we are in life, we have to keep reminding ourselves that God is working. God, God is working in, in our lives. And God, God is in the midst of making things new in your life. He's working for your good. And so mentally, I think what happens is when things are going smoothly in our lives, when things are positive on the uptick, we kind of go, yeah, I'm good with that. It's good. But when things get rough and challenging, then we start struggling. We start questioning things. We start questioning God. And our natural inclination is to crawl into a cage. It's to retreat, to isolate. And if you're not careful, what you will find is you start living alone in life. You know, living in a, a cage that is full of loneliness. And I know today as I'm speaking, for some of you, you go, I don't need this message. All right? Maybe you do not today. But wait for it. It's always coming. I mean, someday you'll need this message. So my best advice to you is to listen up. You know, put it in the bank, so to speak, so that you've got a future reference when things do get tough. You know, Scripture says that, that God created the, the first human. And he created Adam. And God put Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam had everything he could possibly want. I mean, there was no stress. There were no problems. There was no sin at that point. 
It, it was perfect. But Scripture says that God looked down on that and kind of assessed things and said, it's not good for man to be alone. Friends, we are not created to live life alone. The fact is we are created for relationships with one another. And so what is it that causes this loneliness in our life? You know, I kind of want to unpack this. You know, the fact is uh, transitions in life will create a prison of loneliness. You know, any, anybody going through some major changes in your life? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, the fact is, it's tough. It's tough. Even, even good things, okay? Positive changes will create some level of loneliness in life. You may be going, well, why? Why is that? Well, the fact is, when you're getting something new or going to a new place in your life, you're usually having to give something else up. You have to let go of something. There, there is, is loss. No matter how positive the change is, there's always loss in every change in life. I mean, I, I think about my uh, earliest memory of being lonely in life was when I was in kindergarten. Yes, I can remember way back then, you know. But I remember the first day of kindergarten. I, I can still close my eyes and kind of picture it because I was really excited about going to school. But I did not want my mom to walk me to the door. I was pretty independent uh, at that point, maybe too independent. But I, I, I remember that we got, got to school. She let me out. And I started walking up the sidewalk. And I will tell you, with every step, everything seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I felt more and more alone with each step. See, I think we walk alone. Now, what I did not know at that time was that that was just the beginning of walking alone sometimes. We all do it. We all do it. You know, the... The fact is we walk alone in life many, many times in our lives that happens. You know, the, it's a struggle in life. Anybody walking alone today? I mean, how many of you remember uh, graduation, whether it's high school or college? How many of you remember leaving home for the first time? Remember starting that new job? Remember getting fired? being transferred, remember being promoted, Re remember when that relationship fell apart, or remember when you went through a divorce, or you got the diagnosis. The, the fact is, any new experience that you have in life, good or bad, my, my point is you face a degree of loneliness in that. It usually catches you a little bit off guard. You know, in 2 Timothy, uh, we find the Apostle Paul, he's near the end of his life. He's in a Roman prison. He's awaiting execution. And it is a very lonely place that he's in. The scripture says this, it says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. And these wonderful words, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I've remained faithful. 
stayed faithful. See, Paul knows his days are numbered. He's facing death. He knows that. And I'm not even sure we can comprehend the level of loneliness that must have sank in. But it was great. I was reading a study recently. uh, Psychologists are, are worried that the whole COVID pandemic is triggering an epidemic of loneliness. And this was a little bit surprising to me. The people that are the hardest hit, it's teens and young, young adults. You know, 63% of those in that age group say they are experiencing significant symptoms of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. And those things are usually all, all connected. And to, to kind of further complicate things, As loneliness increases in your life, you withdraw more. It's just, it's kind of innate in us. Then it's the the elderly. They say 70% 70 of elderly people, and I will tell you that as I've gotten older, the elderly age keeps moving up, you know, but but 70% of those that live in nursing homes live in isolation, never get a single visit, which is disgraceful in my opinion. And many of them die alone. Statistically, the most lonely people on the planet are elderly, and then if you get more specific, elderly men. Paul, that's exactly who he is. He's elderly at this point, he's sick, he's dying, and he's isolated in prison. Now, don't get lost on this. It's sometimes we're isolated when things are good. It can cause loneliness in your life when you're making a transition in your life. When things are bad, I think we get that, that you isolate. Paul, Paul's going through a final transition in his life, and he's very, very lonely. And that isolation, I mean, Paul's isolated from people at this point, and it's not by choice, but it's because of his circumstance, the fact that he's, he's in prison. He writes this, he says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loved the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Cretan has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in ministry. I sent Titicus to Ephesus. Paul's writing. Now, you need to know that Paul always traveled with a group of friends wherever he went. He loved being with people. He's at the end of his life. He's imprisoned. He's in a foreign country in prison. And apparently he has some contact with Luke, but it's very, very limited. All right? So that's kind of his situation. Physically, he's isolated. And he, he wants people to come see him. And he pleads a second time. He says, do your best to get here before winter. 
See, I mean, do you feel the urgency in those words? I mean, Paul says, get here quick. I need you here because my time's limited. I'm about to, about to give it up. Paul absolutely knows he's about to die. And so he's saying, come be with me. And I, as I was reading that, I, I thought, you know, life is urgency. I mean, who is it that you need to call and say a word to? You know, who is it you need to, to write or text and say, hey, let's get together for coffee? You know, who is it that you need to do something for? And, and my point with that is saying, you're not guaranteed you got tomorrow. You're not guaranteed you got next year, next month, next week, or tomorrow. You know, sometimes our, our situations in life will isolate us. And I believe we're living in a time where there's great isolation going on. Many people have isolated themselves. You know, they've physically isolated from family, friends, because of illness or fear of illness. You know, sometimes circumstances in life will isolate you. You know, it separates you from, from the people around you. But sometimes, in fact, many times, we choose to isolate ourselves. You know, we get in this cage of isolation because we're, we're dealing with problems. You know, and although people are all around us, I, I believe it's really easy to isolate emotionally, especially, to just kind of disconnect, like, hello, anybody home? Why do we do that? Well, because we're embarrassed sometimes of the problems we're dealing with. We, we, we don't want to be exposed. Don't want anybody to know. So just stay away from people. You know, go into hiding, cover up, isolate. You know, by, by throwing ourselves into our jobs, you know, becoming uh, hyperactive in our lives so that we don't have to slow down and connect with anybody. You know, I, and that isolation in life, it comes with a high, high price. In fact, oftentimes it leads to depression in life. God did not intend for you to ever isolate in your life or to ever live in this kind of isolation. You know, opposition sometimes uh, can cause you to have loneliness in your life. You know, when you're, you're in those battles in life, our, our tendency when we feel like we're under attack, it's retreat and isolate, retreat and isolate. Paul writes, he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he has fought everything we said. Hmm. Now, Paul doesn't tell us what Alexander did, but evidently he's attacking Paul about something. You know, maybe he's talking behind his back. Maybe he's undermining him somehow. We, we, we really don't know. But when you're, when you're being attacked in life, when you face opposition, I believe the road can get really lonely. 
Remember when you were a kid and like all the other kids would like gang up on somebody? And, and they'd say incredibly mean things, hurtful things. And then my dad would always go, sticks and stones. Yeah, words would never hurt me. It's not true. I mean, broken bones heal, but broken emotions? Mm, sometimes it takes years, maybe a lifetime to heal. See, the road gets lonely when people don't understand you. When, when you face criticism in life, when, when you feel like you don't measure up to whatever the supposed standard is. I mean, the, the fact is that our tendency when those things happen, it, it's to build walls around ourselves. It, it's to isolate ourselves. And friends, when you do it long enough, it becomes a prison that you can't get out of. I mean, we, we isolate when, when we're rejected in life. You know, I'm never going to allow anybody to hurt me again. I'm never going to let anybody get close to me again. That way I can't get hurt. Friends, it's a painful place to live. You know, it's that place of isolation. And what starts as a cage of protection for us becomes a prison, prison of loneliness in life. You know, it happens when you think maybe someone's your friend, and then you realize they're just using me, just using me. You retreat and isolate. You know, maybe they were talking behind your back, Maybe they outright turned on you. You know, maybe you gave your life to a business and suddenly they hand you a pink slip and you're out the door. Maybe you found out your spouse was having an affair. Or they hand you divorce papers. Maybe you've been rejected. How you look. Rejected because you didn't have a certain talent. Rejected because you're rich, because you're poor. Rejected because of your family. I mean, friends, those kinds of rejections in life, it's a boulevard of broken dreams. And a number of you are dealing with that kind of pain right now in your life. I mean, that isolation in life. And friends, it's a lonely, lonely, lonely road that you travel. And I want you to know today, if you don't get anything else, God sees the pain. God cares about your heartache in life. You matter to God. God designed you with a deep level of emotional need to be accepted in life. And rejection, it's painful and it isolates and it gets you in a lonely place in life. And here, here's the sad thing that, that hits me. And that is when we get in that lonely place, we do a lot of self-defeating things. You know, we, we try anything and everything to just get rid of the pain and the loneliness 
you know, sometimes we throw ourselves into anything and everything that we can, and, and really the thought pattern is, if I keep running hard enough, I'm hoping that all that busyness in my life will kind of dull the, and help me manage the pain and the heartache. You know, some believe, oh, another purchase. And so we get down that track of materialism. That'll help. That'll help. You know, we, we turn to alcohol and drugs and sex and pornography and, and these things, all hoping that maybe we just won't feel lonely anymore. And friends, I'll just tell you, these things don't work. They never have worked. And in fact, they merely cause kind of a downward spiral in life. And it reinforces the cage, makes it stronger. And it makes it where people can't get to you because you're living in there. And so it's, how, do you, how do you break free from the cage? How do you break free in life? See, Paul, Paul's going to give us some real insight in, in this book. He says, when you come, be sure to bring the coat I left at Carpus at Troas and also bring my books and especially my papers. Now, that doesn't seem like much of a statement, does it? But it's interesting to me because Paul's not throwing a pity party right now. He's not complaining. You know, really? Prison's what I get for 30 years of ministry? Paul can't call anybody, can't text him. Imagine that. Some of you just went into hemorrhage at the thought of that. Paul's hundreds of miles away, foreign country. He's isolated. So what's Paul do? He makes the best of the situation he's in. Paul says, bring my coat <laughs> so I can be warm and dry. You know, Roman prisons, they, they were damp, they were dark, they were cold. Paul does the best job he can trying to take care of himself here. You know, when, you, when you're lonely, when you're depressed in life, human nature, don't take care of yourself. The tendencies to not exercise, to not eat right, to not sleep right. And we spiral. Paul did the best job he could with the situation he found himself in. Some of you need to hear this. You've got to do the best job you can with the situation you're in. And, and then Paul says, he says, bring my books and my papers. You know, I need those things. You know, he utilizes his time. He made the best of the situation. He capitalized on the fact that there aren't much interruptions living in a prison cell. Remember, Paul's a people person. Paul's in solitary confinement at this point. Roman prison. Paul did one of the only things he could do. He's like, I'm going to write some letters while I'm in here. And what's interesting is it become a good portion of the New Testament. I mean, think about that. 2,000 years later, we're still benefiting from his solitary confinement. Because he did what he could do while he was in the prison. If Paul hadn't been in prison, he might not have ever wrote that stuff. 
And so here's a question for you. Is anybody going to benefit from your loneliness right now? I mean, ask yourself that. I mean, what can you do right now while you're confined? What can you do that it would be difficult for you to do if life was going smoothly and you weren't in the situation you're in today? I mean, what is it? There's always an answer to that. I mean, can I challenge some of you to see this season in your life as an opportunity? That's a different look, isn't it? Utilize your time. Make the best of it. Don't waste it. And then you need to remember to minimize the hurt. You know, don't rehearse it. Play it down. You've you've got to. You play it down and you pray it up. Friends, if you keep rehearsing whatever that thing is that you're thinking about right now, that pains you, that hurts, if you keep rehearsing it, I will tell you it will get bigger and bigger and bigger and the isolation will get greater and greater and greater Paul I want you to catch his attitude he said the first time I was brought before the judge what's it say no one came with me (laughs) everybody Abandoned me, in case you didn't catch it. (laughs) May it not be counted against them. Paul, Paul, one of the greatest Christians in history. He, He changed and saved so many people's lives. Paul's on trial for his life. And nobody showed up to stand on him with him. Nobody. Yet Paul's attitude, it's not, well, you jerks, after everything I've done for you? Really? No, may it not be counted against them. Paul refused to allow bitterness to overtake him in life. You know, when you're in that cage of loneliness, that that bitterness will just make it worse. So you got to minimize the hurt. You got to minimize it. You know, give it to God. And and when you find yourself in that that cage, when you're on that lonely road, you got to recognize God's presence in the middle of it. I mean, it's what... It's what Paul did in his life. He says, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. It's it's what Paul did. It's what Paul believed. He understood it. He experienced it. Friends, when, when you're lonely in life and hurt and in pain, where's God? Where is he? He's where he's always been, and he's right beside you. He's right beside you. 
Whether you feel him or not, he's there. His presence is, is there. He's with you. Over and over, Scripture reminds us time and time again that if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's in you, always with you. You're never alone. You may feel alone, but you're not alone. You know, that that prison of loneliness, it's an opportunity, whatever it is you're going through, to get better acquainted with God, to take time for God. In fact, sometimes it's the only way we do take the time we should. You know, to, to just talk to God about what's going on, to, to pray and ask God, you know, God, I'm lonely. You know, I'm hurting. My heart's breaking. I'm sick at my stomach right now, Lord. God, help me. You can talk to God. God has triple A availability. Anytime, anywhere, any place. And God will be there. You can take that one to the bank. And not only is God with you, but God actually understands what you're going through. You know, you've got to remember that. You've got to tuck that back in those dark times and realize God is present and willing to get involved in your life. And one more thing, instead of isolating, instead of focusing on yourself, why don't you try focusing on other people? It's one of the ways you get out of that, that cage. You know, you find a ministry, find a place to use your talents to, to engage and help other people. You know, I believe the loneliest people in our world are, are people that are totally wrapped up in themselves. Me, 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 me. It's all about me, all about me. God did not wire you to be about you. God wired you to be about other people, people around you, people that you love, people, people that are, are in your sphere of influence. You want to get out of that cage of loneliness, isolation? You know, stop saying, I don't have any friends, and start being a friend to the people around you. Focus on other people's needs. Get your eyes up and start looking around you. You know, Paul, Paul, he's, he's living in a prison cell. He's living in that cage. He's isolated. And Paul, it's amazing. He goes, it's okay. It's all right that I'm here. I mean, why was it okay? He tells us why. I'm here so that I might preach the good news in its entirety. See, Paul, Paul had perspective. Paul, Paul was okay because Paul had a goal, and his goal was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was focusing on other people. You know, you, you may feel like you're walking alone today. You may feel like nobody knows or understands your heartache in life and the pain you're going through. I mean, that may be how you feel, but that's not reality. You may feel that heartache, feel like nobody understands you. They don't understand the loneliness, but God knows. God knows. God knows. And regardless, 
regardless of why you're in this cage, see, that doesn't really matter. Because God says, I made you. I care about you. I'm working in your life. I have a plan for your life. And God yells it over and over through his Holy Spirit. And some of you, some of you just need to address that deep loneliness in you. And you address it by giving your life to Jesus Christ, first of all. Some of you need to do that. Some of you need to start having a relationship with God, a real relationship. Not something you, oh, yeah, that's, that's okay, but where you actually engage with God and spend time with God. And, and some of you, you're, you're already a Christian, but you're living solo. Keep everybody at arm's length. And friends, I will tell you, that is not biblical. As a Christian, we're to connect with one another. We're to connect with other followers of Jesus Christ. We're to get to know them and let them get to know us. You know, some of you need to get your focus off yourself. You know, start serving others somehow. You know, life, life gets very, very lonely sometimes. And sometimes you just isolate. take up residency in here this is my new home I'm going to live here nobody can get to me keep everybody back and it gets lonelier and lonelier and lonelier you can live that way or you can take a chance some of you it may feel risky but just step out Maybe you don't have the strength. Well, you step out with the strength of Jesus Christ in your life. Power of God in your life. You get out of the cage. No matter what you're thinking, I can't do this, I can't. You can. God can get you out. Jesus can give you the power to get out. And friends, I want you to know you never walk alone. You never walk alone when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Period. Never do, never do. Let, let's bow in prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, I know there are some that they're in that cage right now, isolated. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just whisper. you'd give them the strength to just step out no matter how hard it is God that your spirit would tell them if they just take one step that you'll free them God I pray that we'd have the wisdom to do that and God I thank you and I know there are many here today that Thank you that in those lonely days you were present, you were there, you, you helped them through. Lord, that we would give testimony to that, to those that are, are struggling. That they would see there's a better way. God, help us to get our eyes off of ourselves and get them on you and other people in the world. God, free us from the cages. Help us break the chains. 
God, we give you the glory with our lives, with all we say and do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said. All right, today's a special day. Uh, Those that are being baptized at this time, you can go ahead and be dismissed. uh, Prepare yourself for uh, baptism. Uh, I would ask all of us, we're going to sing here in a minute, but ask all of us, uh, remember, pick up your kids. uh, The... uh, uh, yeah, remember, pick up your kids. Uh, but uh, nursery age, you can pick up in the nursery. The school-age kids will be out uh, front in front of the church, and you can pick them up from the teachers out there. So the, the zone kids will all be transitioning out. And uh, if you're not able to stay for baptism, I would ask if you'd exit out the side exit, and uh, uh, that way we don't have all kinds of craziness going on while we're in the midst of our baptism service. Uh, It's a special day. It's a day of celebration. And so let's stand. Let's worship together.